0: You like that technical foul call. Why? It just ruins the game. But he's let everybody know, ad nauseam, that his back hurts, okay? That's not hard.
1: Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's construed
2: as disrespectful for the official. JVG NBA Tribute
3: Show. Uh, hey, welcome to episode 63 of the JVG NBA Tribute Show. We are joined by cadet journalist, the ginger of the week, Star Weekly. Does it feel like deja vu? Ollie Lees. <laughs> What's up? Not much, dude. We, um... Oh, and, and as always by my co-host, Marco. Howdy. You... I've got diarrhea today. <laughs> um... <laughs> so... Even though we recorded with Ollie for an hour and a half last week, we didn't even hit the two things we really wanted to hit. One was the reason I told you all my, um, my origin story of my grandparents, and that's that my dedo arrived in 1952. And a couple of years ago, he was getting a health check to renew his driver's license. I think it was 2018. And they said, who's the prime minister? And he went back from 2018 all the way back to 1952 and named every single prime minister, even, uh, John black, Jack McEwen, who was prime minister for three weeks after <laughs> Harold Holt's disappearance. Um, and so I was, I just thought that, that that would have been a fun thing to start the pot off with.
2: <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Um, crazy, crazy memory on the fella. I, I couldn't think of anyone yeah. else who could do that. <laughs> um, and, Oh, the reason we wanted to get Ollie on in the first place was that he had a little story for us. Mm, and it combines two of our, favorite, our two favorite things, Kanye
0: West and Liz Cambage. Thanks, guys. Just quickly, why is he called Blackjack?
3: No, it's just his nickname.
0: <laughs> Man,
3: <laughs> oh, I want to I I I give a little guess. You start your story, but my guess is going to be that he was only in, in office
2: for 21 days. Oh, damn. Wow. That is a very good guess. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> It's either that or a gambling addiction. <laughs> um, no, no. Robert Menzies gave him the name due to his dark eyebrows, grim nature, and occasional temper. So, <laughs> what does that have to do with blackjack? No, because his name's John, so he's Black Jack. Oh, it was a racist <laughs> thing. Bro <laughs> is the worst of all the options. Robert Robert <laughs> Menzies was a huge racist, but I think I think he's in the clear this time. Um, anyway, Ollie, <laughs> your story.
0: <laughs> well, it's a funny thing we're talking about Robert Menzies because, no, it's not <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um Yeah, my story. Okay. So 2014, um, went to the uh, Kanye Yeezus tour at, I think it was Rod Laver Arena or the other big one. Um, went with my mate Zef. Shout out to Zef. He's a big Dallas Mavericks fan. Shout out to the 2011 Dallas Mavericks, <laughs> uh, shout out Peja Stojakovic as well. <laughs> um, yeah. So we lined up all day. We were the second people in line um, there. And I think we got there around like midday or in the morning, um, really unprepared. And we sat in line all day, got in, saw Yeezus, life-changing experience comes out in a full chainmail mask. Oh my god it was the show it was the show where he got in heaps of strife for telling everyone in the crowd to stand up and there was a person in a wheelchair um that's right and which was unfortunate i was in his corner because i was on the opposite side of the mosh to where that person was and i couldn't see that they were in a wheelchair from where i was So I feel like he genuinely wouldn't have been out to see, but he did insist on many, many occasions for for that person to stand up. And it was pretty unfortunate (laughs) in the situation. Um, But outside of that life changing concert, I was in the mosh bed right behind the people that got in VIP. They all had the special hats. Actually, one guy gave me his special hat, which is a VIP hat, which I still have now, which I plan on selling in the future. (laughs) Um, And at the end of the show, they played uh, Blood on the Leaves. Um, from from yeasers i think about four or five times um and (laughs) before the break of every single um where he goes blood on the leaves he told everyone to spread out and do the what's it called like a death yeah circle or something like that oh my god like that yeah 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 and he was really insistent like he was shouting at everyone to do it um and i was into it we we're all into it and also in the mosh, mosh pit was liz cambage who is very tall if you're not aware uh and um a little bit of context a couple of months before that i think maybe a year before that actually i'd injured my acl i had an acl reconstruction so i didn't have a very strong knee um but i was i was going hell for leather in this mosh pit um collided with liz on one occasion fell to the floor lost my right maroon van which was then thrown up into the into the air by (laughs) someone else and i was lifted up and i just completely lost it um and then like three renditions of blood on the leaves later i walked out with a severe limp and one shoe and a lot of (laughs) memories
3: what a story three three renditions of blood on the leaves later
2: Bowled over by Liz Cambage and the Yeasus Mosh Pit doesn't get life doesn't get much better than that.
0: That's it. That's the pinnacle. <laughs> when um, we do
3: our Pan America tour, we have to um we have to interview Liz Cambage and get her to replace your
2: maroon van. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fantastic bit. Um, I feel like I should have introed that story with uh, so let's get on with it from Blood on the Leaves, but I didn't have the force. I didn't have the foresight to do that. <laughs> maybe next time <laughs> um well yeah thanks for sharing that ollie did, did you have anything else you want to add before we adios you for a second time um no other than go libs that's it yeah nice nice <laughs> oh actually i want to add i feel like we had a, we had a really nice game of pickup at cheese yesterday and ollie was ollie oh was, yeah ollie was hitting some nuts floaters some fucking mm. high, high contact layups uh, yeah, good game from
0: Ollie there. Oh, thank you. I mean, you're the board man. I, I so it turns out I had no idea. I never, never balled in your company before. Yeah, but he's a board. I don't know. Sunday's payday, so yeah, I was getting
2: paid.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Marco got to eat.
3: <laughs> <laughs> when you said go leaves, I completely forgot that was that you were referring to the New York Liberty.
0: Oh yeah, uh, it's my I,
2: identity now. I thought it was his uh, membership of the Young Liberal
0: Party. <laughs> no, that's separate. Separate podcast.
3: <laughs> um, and to go back to John Black Mac Jack McEwen, he actually was in office for 21 days. Damn. Or <laughs>
2: 22 if you don't include one of the days. Oh, okay. But yeah, <laughs> but you wouldn't include one of them.
0: Yeah. So is that, is that just a coincidence? Is there reference to that being also part of his Blackjack name? Or is it just a coincidence? Because it's, it's wild. Uh, it's
2: definitely a coincidence. Robert Menzies gave him the name in like the 50s. So, um, but also, again, 22 days. What, what were you saying about coincidences yesterday, Lucas? Oh, my God. I am um,
3: I'm off the coincidence bandwagon. Um, let's say you have, what, how many thoughts do you have in a day? I Googled it today. One source said 6,000. One source said 60,000. I think I'm going to have to do my own research on this topic. But let's say it's 6,000. What does that come to in a year? 6,000 times... By 365, 366 on a leap year, as LeBron said, um, 2.19 million thoughts in a year, and that's that's if we're saying we have 6,000 a day. Let's say you have one. Let's say you have five coincidences in a year. Of course, you're going to have five coincidences in a year.
0: <laughs> Huge. I don't think you could have a more controversial take than being anti-coincidence. <laughs> it's going to take, take some beating. No, I'm I'm with Lucas on this 100%.
2: I've I, I've been a long-term long-time anti-coincidence person i'm i'm not i don't buy into the coincidence lobby i think i think they're pushing this coincidence agenda on us you know (laughs) day in day out in the media in popular culture um but yeah just like lucas said you're probably gonna think almost everything that could happen to you in a day (laughs) yeah (laughs) so when it happens you're gonna be like oh what a coincidence (laughs) i was thinking about that earlier today yeah no shit (laughs) no shit blackjack (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> all right i feel like we're, we're dragging ollie into another um extended, <laughs> <laughs> extended yeah. feature on the podcast um so thanks again ollie for coming and sharing your story mm. all right thanks guys pleasure see you see ollie that was great man
0: yeah always, have, always, have always good to have visit.
3: ollie <laughs> always good to have ollie
0: on we should
2: we should have him on next week i i had a few things that i forgot to ask him
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, speaking of Liz Cambage Do you watch the uh, WNBA playoffs today? Game threes
2: across both series? I, I didn't watch them live uh, I, ha- I had mm. a migraine last night and this morning So, you know, I was trying to keep away from screens If they weren't playing Squid Game um, But <laughs> 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 Yeah, I watched, I watched the um, Aces highlights um, mm. Damn, we f- felt like we were out of that game From about three minutes in <laughs> that that Damn. that 10-0 ten- run at the beginning, uh just I mean obviously I knew the result, so um mm. I could see the writing on the wall, I suppose. But yeah, that little mm. ten-o run at the beginning that was just like uh, uh Tarossi just hidden threes, Griner bullying everyone in the paint, um we're just so weak on the boards today as well. Um yeah, yeah pretty disappointing effort, I thought.
3: I don't know if we talked about this last ep or if we texted about it, talking about how Liz Cambage needs to start. Mm. Um, I, I, they, they did that today. Cambage started and um, she did a great job on Griner. Um, Cause Griner's just been getting out to these hot starts. And then it's just been the trickle and effect of that has been the source of the Mercury's two wins. Um, even though Taurasi had a massive 37 yeah. point game in last game. Um like, it was still like the doing of Griner, but then in Kambaja's like good defense of Griner early on, Terossi hit those two threes, um, and that was just the catalyst for the whole game. Uh, so yeah, I think that the story of this series is like whoever gets to off to the like the, the the start is um whoever gets off to the good start is the team that ends up winning the game. Yeah. Um, I actually did feel differently about it. I didn't think you guys were out of it until. Shea Petty hit that and one three with like eight yeah. minutes to go. Oh, and that God. put them up by 27. But I think the nail in the coffin with eight minutes to go being down by 27, that's a good thing. The yeah. fact that like I could realistically be like, they could still make it back into this game down 24 with eight minutes to go. Um, yeah. I think that's a good sign for you, for, for yeah. the aces because it's like, you guys really, you guys are really, really good. They mm. had a great game. The Mercury mm. had such a good game, but yeah, the aces just
2: like, yeah your, your team is fantastic yeah no you're completely right but I, I think it's just very concerning that like asia wilson and liz cambage our two sort of cheat codes if you will our game breakers they've <laughs> both been below their best liz liz mm. looked liz looked fine in this game um mm. but asia looked completely out of sorts and like the you know the the coaching staff have been keeping pretty tight-lipped. Like they, they haven't said that she's got an injury or anything like that. Nah. But in all three games, she hasn't looked like she's been playing to her best. Because honestly, you can just put Asia in like you know, little ISO and the the high post, um, fifteen times a game, and we'll end up with ten buckets. Um, yeah, and they haven't been going to her like that. Um, and I, yeah, and I don't, I don't really know why. Because I think you know, if Griner's not defending her, which she isn't. Uh, you know, there's not a really, there's not a really good matchup for her defensively. So I think something must be a bit up with her if it's form, if it's fitness, um, you know, if her head's just not in it for whatever reason. Um, Because mm. yeah, as soon as she starts playing to her full potential, I think, yeah, like those games just become so much more winnable.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think that, I, I didn't even consider that until this point because the thing I was going to say was that Asia hasn't been good enough, but I think that that's kind of the only plausible reason for her not like performing to what we expect because like her game is so versatile that she, yeah. sh- she always finds a way to impact the game, even if she um isn't scoring or whatever. Like, yeah, obviously we know it, what like, yeah, she'll make up for, for the deficiencies mm-hmm. she has elsewhere in certain parts of the game. So I think that that's a good case. Um, Cambage I have liked, especially starting. She definitely got yeah. got on top of the Griner matchup because in the in the second game, I think Griner missed once or twice. The game, Taurasi hit thirty seven, um, but when Cambage subbed on, it was already too late. Griner had seen the ball go in a couple of times and yeah. like made a few pa- uh, made some uh, good passes, and she was already like she'd already completely. Um, like made her mark on the game mm. as like this is my game. Mm. Um and yeah, it, it was just too late. Once you let a professional basketball player get going, it's like, what do you want to do after that? You've already you've already made the mistake. Yeah. Um and yeah, today Tarossi had nine points and six assists and truly an unremarkable stat line, especially for someone of Diana Tarossi's standard, mm. but like the definition of timely. Like yeah. when she was making those buckets, when she was getting those assists. And there were two passes she made that led to foul shots that obviously don't count as assists because they missed. But they were, those were her two best passes for the game, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Um, but even there, yeah, even nine and eight isn't impressive. Um, but yeah, it was just when she did them, it was just like momentum shifting moments in the game. Yeah, definitely. Well. Yeah, I mean, she hit two threes within the first
2: two minutes of the game, and it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't... And then
3: scored scored three three points for the rest of the game. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, that's just that's such a huge impact, and I think yeah, like squashing the the morale of the team you're playing that early yeah. in the game is so important. And yeah, on that note about Griner, you're you're right. Like Liz in that in game two was defending her so well, and it was just having no effect. In this yeah. game, having more of an effect. The only thing the only criticism I'd have of Liz over these games is um she's just she just completely loses her head when she switch like when she switches sometimes. Like when Mm. you know she she'll just drop back completely um uh when there's like a guard way open. Um you know, like at the top of the key or whatever. Um, and yeah, I, there were just there was a couple of really easy buckets they got, which was just like Liz just wasn't fast enough on the switch, or wasn't sort of decisive enough in what she was going to do defensively. Um, yeah, which yeah, I mean you can't yeah, you just can't be making mistakes like that in the playoffs. Well, that's why I think that the um
3: yeah she has looked gassed because I think mm. earlier you said she's yeah. been doing well, but like there there are those like lapses, both mentally and physically. Yeah, where it's like yeah she'll leave an assignment. Um, she'll double but then she won't recover yeah and what i've noticed actually is something that's hurt, that's actually killing you guys is the offensive rebounding because mm. the scramble after the offensive rebound it seems that phoenix gets a layup off it every single time yeah because yeah. it's like your team's just so ready to go mm. but um but yeah yeah phoenix is just killing the glass and i think i still think that i still think oh i don't know but i i I still just back the aces because i would never count out um and asia wilson um and kelsey plum man she is such a good player i didn't i didn't like chelsea gray's game today Mm. um but yeah kelsey plum has been so handy for you guys just as like such a just coming off the bench and just injecting some form of like purpose into the lineup Mm. um and yeah, she's so consistent and so handy. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't count them out. I wouldn't. I wouldn't count them out to lose three one in their first in their first playoff action.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Kelsey is just that perfect sixth woman, uh, sixth mm. player. Uh, <laughs> you know where you. I think probably going into the playoffs like well can you know she's done it in the regular season can she actually come off the bench and score 20 25 points a game yeah she can yeah (laughs) she's completely (laughs) capable of it and she just yeah she looks so confident uh with every shot she takes and every pass she makes every time she drives to the bucket like you just have so much faith that she's going to make the right decision and you know yeah just just yeah score that score that very efficient 20. yeah
3: um Well, shall we kick over to the other game?
2: Yeah. I mean, God, like, I mean, as you said, still have faith in the aces, still have faith in the sun, but Mm. you know, there's we're one game away from having a very low seated um, WNBA finals here. Um, Yeah. What did you make of the game?
3: Well, I think this goes back to, I think you've got, you were right about, there should be five game series one Mm. through eight Mm. from the, from round one. Um, and I think this is rest versus thrust really coming yeah. out. Um, and look, this game was pretty fucking weird. Um, there were so many, there were so many points at which the sun could have taken it away. I think the pivotal moment of this game was there was a touch under six minutes. The scores were seventy two sixty nine Connecticut up, and there was a sequence where Jonquel Jones chased down Azura, uh, Azura Stevens, then uh, yeah got the block. Tawana Bonner got the rebound and had possession of it and then Candace Parker just ripped it out of her hands mm. um, then the sky took it out and made it, made a bucket and then it put him down 1 72 71 when it could have been 74 or 75 to 69 and um, the 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 basket off of the off of the chase down block from John Jones the MVP would have been so hype like that, that would have been such a momentum swing so you would yeah. have gone coast to coast and gotten a bucket but instead you didn't go coast to coast. You got the ball ripped out of your hands. And then it was a one point game and Courtney Vandersloot's first points for the game. She went on to score. um, Yeah. Uh, She went on to score when it was 74, 73. Um, No, sorry. She took a charge at 74, 73 uh, on a made basket. So that turns it from 76, 73 to then our ball one point down. A bit later, she made a contact layup at 78.80 to put them up by four. Then she hit the midi when they were up 81.82 to put them up 81.84. And I mean, crazy ending to a crazy game. Mm. Breon Mm. Breon January January missed that open layup that would have put the sun up with eight seconds to go. And it's just like, fuck, now they're (laughs) down (laughs)
2: 2-1. Yeah, I mean, you've said it all there. That, that, (laughs) (laughs) That last minute was crazy. Like no one could hit a free throw. That mm. oh god, it was sad. That is like one of the most open layups I've seen missed. And I I oh get my it, god, I, mean, yeah. I I don't think she got her footwork right, and that's why she was nah. kind she was kind of doing the reverse. But like yeah. um you you cannot miss that. You have to just yeah. completely you have to just completely zone out everything that's happened, be like, I'm just I'm hitting an open layup. I've got the I've got the open yeah. lane, I just gotta put it in the basket. Um and yeah, if she yeah. did that, it would have changed things so much because then it just would have been on the sky to, you know, actually put themselves ahead. Um, yeah. And to be honest, like, you know, the sky was so good in that quarter, but it's not like every shot of theirs was dropping. Um, yeah. Like that That yeah. was a very winnable situation for the Sun uh, if they could just hold on to the lead. But yeah, uh, like you said, that um, rest versus rust uh, mm. type thing. And yeah, John Cole Jones, just not quite looking in MVP form either her and her and Wilson you know like the two you know those two big forwards uh who is just such consistent versatile scorers um mm. you know two-way players and yeah neither of them really looking at their best yet which is yeah which is concerning you know like they that should really be that should be the finals matchup from like a, a watchability um yeah from you know if you're if you're a fan of the wmba or if if you're someone trying to market the WNBA, that's the matchup that you want in the finals and like neither yeah. of them are look, looking at mvp caliber at all yeah
3: well i i went into these places like uh, sorry this round is like a, it was a foregone conclusion it was sorry it's a formality the aces versus the mercury the aces will mm. just get through and then i was like a bit more of a question around the sun and the sky and i was like um I would just love to see that matchup of Aces versus Sun because they match up so well with each other. Like mm. um, Jones on Cambage, and then is it Jones again? Is it Bri, Bri- uh, <laughs> Jones, and Jones, yeah, Jones, yeah, Jones on um, uh, Wilson, and then Jones on Cambage. I think that was just an awesome matchup. But then I was like, yeah. hang on, if. Surely, I should just want the two the two teams that win
2: to, to be the teams that play because they
3: they, they they were the one that won the games.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, exactly. <laughs> and like, um, you know, that I think that's the thing is like the Sky and the Mercury still have such good, exciting players. Like um, mm. Tarossi and Greiner, amazing. Vandersloot and Parker again. Like, uh, and Ali Quigley. What the hell? God, the Yeah, Sky. Yeah. The Sky is such a good team. Like. Um, so yeah, I would really wouldn't be surprised if that they took another game from the sun. Um, yeah,
3: and they made it to the finals.
2: Yeah, yeah, legit. What did what did one of the commentators say in the game today? You know, uh, you know. Sure, the big three is important, but it's about the next seven that really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little seven. The little seven. That's it. The little um, seven. Great line. <laughs>
3: um i think from now on they call candace parker cp3 and they obviously call chris paul cp3 i can from here on out we should call them she
2: p3 and he p3 <laughs> C- cp3 m and cp3 w <laughs> <laughs> um, um I-, I love dt3 want- as well yeah yeah definitely
3: i thought i really want i don't know if this is bad or something i sh- maybe shouldn't ask on air but i is it is it bad to call her princess diana
2: <laughs> um I don't she already know. has the
3: white mamba she's already been anointed as yeah, the white mamba yeah, yeah
2: yeah it's just it's annoying it's annoying it's annoying to get brian scalabrini and not diana tarossi when you google white mamba <laughs> that's all that's all i want to say i think by the time she retires google should rectify that yeah, <laughs> yeah. or, so- or you society listen. should rectify that <laughs> um yeah princess diana i'm i i like it but i'm I'm sure. I'm sure there's some bad connotations there. You know, princess. Yes, yeah, definitely. Princesses can be a derogatory thing in some ways. Blah 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 mm. blah. Um, um, Well, should we? Should, I had a little bit more to talk about
3: um, before. I think it's, it seems like Aless is having a shower right now. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> he said that four minutes ago. <laughs> I'm gonna speed run a shower. <laughs> oh, true. I see what's happening. Yeah, we're having a uh, spoiler alert. We're having a funny episode today where we have like a guest, no guest, and then another guest. Yeah. And and, and although I thought we'd kind of, you know, compartmentalize it, seg- segment it, um, I guess we're doing it like a speed run as well. Back to back. Keeping the rhythm going. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, well, the, the, the thing I wanted to say is just um, someone made a good comment um, about Sue Bird um, and they were like, Do you guys really think that, and I'm not the expert here, um, but they were like, do you guys really think that after Sue Bird's career, this is the way that she would go out, like without letting the fans know? And I was like, I'm going to hold on to that because I really want to watch her play again. But regardless if she plays another year or if she doesn't, um, I'm very worried about how playmaking is going to look in Seattle. Mm. Um, Last season, uh, so not this past season, the one before the uh, COVID interrupted season, jordan canada was third in the league with 5.5 assists um in 20 games um sue bird was fi- ha- averaged 5.2 in the 11 she played uh stewie averaged 3.6 jewel lloyd averaged 3.2 this past season lloyd jumped up to four while canada dropped to three and stewie dropped to 2.7 um and these were these obviously came as a result of super being healthy but my worry is how much of this is coming as a result of playing alongside Sue Bird and like, you know, training with her, everything, just doing doing basketball with her. Um I'm just worried about that moving forward. Like I don't know what playmaking is gonna look like. And I would love to get Kelsey Plum on this team. Um, I don't think it's gonna work whatsoever. Um Hands but off. yeah. <laughs> I just don't know what it's gonna
2: look like. You already have Chelsea Gray. I'd be like Yeah, I but honestly No, but I think I I, like, I would, I prefer Kelsey, but then I'm sure if she was a starting point guard, like it would be a much tighter, a much tighter call. It is like, you know, coming off the bench. That's her strength. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Don't you think that Sue Bird will probably immediately step into like some sort of coaching role? Yeah, I do. Like a player development role. And then, you know, on that note that all the guards who have played under her will have hopefully absorbed some of the, uh, some of her playmaking yeah. knowledge and skill as well. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's I guess, you know, it's why every team in the NBA wants Chris Paul to kind of coach, yeah. to coach their young guards into being, uh, you know, the point God. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I get, I get your point. I, I think a team like Seattle anyway, you can sort of, you know, you'll, you're an attractive destination and you can, you can, yeah. attra- you can, you can attract a capable point guard if you're really in need for one next season.
3: Yeah. Well, what my my trade offer was gonna be Jewel Lloyd for Kelsey Plum. Mm. Um, I would just love that from the Aces side, having Chelsea Gray, Jewel Lloyd, Raquana Williams, and Jackie Young as mm. just like these these four like just lights out scorers like how do you defend all four of those players imagine having two of them on at any given time just like just like playing iso ball (laughs) um and then not to mention you have asia wilson and liz cambage like that would just be Mm. the most unfair offensive team of all time true true. um obviously yeah kelsey plum can still um score she is i feel like she's more of a facilitator um but i just feel like yeah if you had those four scorers, it'd be so sick just be fun to watch Yeah, yeah
2: and chaotic yeah you're, you're not wrong, but, um, you know, without this coming off the wrong way, I've decided that Kelsey Plum is my favorite white basketballer. So <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to keep her around. <laughs>
3: um, And the other thing that jogged this for me was that she said that she, she, um, she saw, she was like, I saw Sue, body's, Sue Bird's body at 40. And I thought I had to get like that. So she got with, um, she got in, she started getting trained by Sue Bird's trainer.
2: Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Come on, <laughs> pull this True, streets. Okay, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Well, yeah. I don't know. We'll have to wait till the off season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell,
0: motherfucking yeah! Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. All right, yeah. now we get to the meat of the episode. Uh, it's another edition of the Four Man Wave plus Marco, Marco, minus the Deep Two, aka the JVG NBA Tribute Show plus Alessio Conte. Alessio Conte, <laughs> welcome to the pod.
1: Hi, fellas! Thank you for having me
2: back. Our pleasure.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I, can't, I actually, I, I can't. I mean, it makes sense because since we've all been in the, in the basketball world, the the content we've created is the fu- is the four men we've plus Marco.
2: <laughs> but it feels like we should have just done an episode with you. Oh yeah, without a doubt, and you know, I think the dynamic here, without the deep two involved, it's <laughs> yeah. something else. It's something else for sure. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I wouldn't. The word I would use wouldn't be better, but it'd be a synonym of better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, well, Aless, I, I, I feel like um you you were obviously uh, at a tier one site, and now you've had to self isolate for uh ten days yeah from the outside looking in it seems like you're thriving through this isolation is that is that fair for me to say
1: yeah thrive might be like a touch too strong but it's very close to that (laughs) relatively Um, thriving relatively yeah thriving without seeing people it's so good (laughs) but genuinely Um, there's nothing to complain about here like our house is fantastic and we've got a basketball hoop in the backyard mm. if it's raining you can walk on the treadmill and then I can play as many hours as Nintendo as I want and have no repercussions. <laughs> mm, yeah. And
3: have you, you haven't even gotten into cooking yet.
1: No, I haven't started cooking yet. Unbelievable. <laughs> but my, for anyone that do doesn't
3: some- know, for anyone that doesn't know, Alessio has a, an Instagram account dedicated to cooking. Do you want to plug that?
1: I don't know. I don't know if I do, but. <laughs> oh, damn.
3: Anyway, he does <laughs> have, a, he, he
1: has a It's at Alesscapades.
2: Mm. Yeah, like, es- and it's, like
1: yeah. escapades but with
2: a less at the start. It provided us with so many tasty takeaway meals. That yeah. That faux you made, oh my Unbelievable. god. Unbelievable. That was unreal. That was we, so young. Actually, that I can't remember which episode there is, but you know, as an avid listener as you are listener, uh you would remember the episode where we were eating faux immediately beforehand. <laughs> I think it
3: was fifty. Because I, I remember I made I made the caption faux filled fifty, or maybe it was uh... faux
2: filled forty. Uh yeah, it was around that range the, for sure. The listener will know.
1: The listener <laughs> the will know. Listener
2: will know. The listener will know. <laughs> um. Yeah, I got
1: I gotta cook this week. That's the one thing that I haven't done. I've been too busy um taking the Leicester Alliance and taking back uh the nation of Fodland from the Addressian Empire. So it's gonna fool on, <laughs> on me. Um, um what game is that? <laughs> any 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 Nintendo will get that and anyone else who has a life will not the, get it. So I don't small? think any of your listeners appreciate it yeah the small
2: the small cross-section of um nintendo nintendo fans and jvg listeners they'll, they'll that, <laughs> yeah. sorry he will get that joke
1: yeah just i was on Sean Carroll getting it but i don't think he will
2: true Come on, now, now i don't think he listened <laughs> yeah so now we're gone um w- what's on the menu when you do start cooking
1: uh i might do birria again oh um, oh, just cause man, I've got fuck. the spices here, but if not, I'm going to do like just some form
2: of pulled chicken taco oh, nice. yum. Um, with a variety of,
1: with a variety of salsas cause I've got yeah. time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That beer. I... Make... Oh my God. That's still one of the best things I've ever eaten for sure. Yeah. That was so good.
1: <laughs> it was very good. Um, now Alyssa, you double vaxed or single vaxed? Single booking the second booking is in November Mm.
3: and what say you for these NBA players that are (laughs) anti-vax
1: my (laughs) my take on the NBA players I've got one NBA player in particular and it's not it's not particularly about his vaccination status as much as it is about him um, (laughs) with regards to both vaccination and his basketball situation so Brad Beal plays for the Wizards, as you may know, Lucas. um, And (laughs) Marco, since you do a podcast with Lucas, you may Now, he has been staunchly, or the media has has sort of reported that he's been staunchly against leaving Washington, despite the fact that, with all due respect to Lucas again, Washington suck. They're so poorly run, and they have been (laughs) since since Beal got in and since Ball got in. We got
3: to drag each other up as kings and wizards (laughs) fans.
1: I just keep people down with me because as soon as someone gets up, I know I'm not coming with them. So I got to (laughs) keep it. But so, Beal has never wanted to leave the wizards. And I think I now know why. Right. And so it was always like, oh, does he, maybe he just really loves the city. Maybe he just wants to be that guy that always stays with the one team new hypothesis and hear me out here, maybe Beal is actually just a fucking idiot. <laughs> and the way I got to that is he clearly doesn't understand um, that getting vaccinated is not a personal choice. It's actually a very impersonal choice. It's probably the most impersonal choice you could do um, at the moment anyway. And so he then came out and said, well, I had COVID 60 days ago. Mm. And that means I couldn't get a vaccine booking, or like, you know, I'm not allowed to take it, which I also don't believe is true. Pretty sure you can, like, get COVID and then also get the vaccine for COVID. Uh, you don't, there mm. doesn't need to be a 60 day buffer. Not only did he say that, but as Dante said on the most recent Deep Two episode, if that's the excuse, where's the day 61 booking? Mm. So that clearly happen. Um, so all in all, I think like he he doesn't want to leave Washington because like he's too stupid to realize the situation that he's in is right,
3: bad. right. Dan, that that's, I like that. I like that yeah. take. I like that thinking. That's
1: why. That, and look, I've had a week <laughs> in quarantine to think about it, so that's where I'm. <laughs> and I tell you what, I'm putting my foot down and sticking with it. <laughs>
2: that's um, that, that's on, hilarious. No, that's just so funny. That's that you know, a basketball player is only sticking with a team because he's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. He, he, he's one of those guys where it's just like, well, this is what I'm doing and that's it. There's no, like, mm. the, I can't shift. There's no, like, saving face. There's no making decisions. There's no nothing. It's just like, well, they drafted me, so I guess I have to play here. And it's like, "No, nah, man, you can, you can go. Like, imagine, like he could be in Philadelphia right now. Mm. He could be yeah. in maybe Boston. He could be anywhere. He could be in like such better basketball situations and cities because I mm. have been to Washington and it is incredibly boring.
2: Mm.
1: Mm. Um, so I honestly just like, yeah, he just has to be dumb. He has to be.
3: Yeah. Um, The one thing I did like about Brad was that he he knows why he's saying what he's saying. Like he understands his position. Like I feel like a bit of, this is a bit of a, we can. Oh, it's it's not the strongest connection but like like a lot of those people at the riots in melbourne recently i feel like most of them didn't really know why they were there um and a lot of like people that are anti-vax i feel like no maybe not a lot but like there are quite a few people that i feel like they don't really understand why but i feel like he actually understands why i disagree with him but like i i, I can respect that he 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 gave the reporters a, a response because like but- Kyrie said this is my personal uh choice i would like to keep that private it's like Fuck off, Kyrie. <laughs> Shut that's up.
1: That's what Brad said. That's what Beal said, though.
2: No, yeah. Brad. Brad talked about it for like three or four minutes. Yeah, but I don't know if that is good. I like. I think it. <laughs> I think it's more forgivable to be willfully ignorant than to have like a reason behind why you won't get vaccinated. Because <laughs> it's like if you're willfully ignorant, so like okay, cool, you're misinformed. You know, you don't like authority figures telling you what to do. I can understand where mm. that's coming from. If you like have a very developed reason, it's like okay, so you've seen the reasons for getting vaccinated, and you've been like, mm. no, I don't believe those, but I do believe you know, that it's going to put a microchip in me and that it's going to make me infertile in five years and, you know, mm. or it's going to wipe out half of the population on earth or something like that. It's like, no, mm. just, yeah. if you don't think about it, I can understand. If you do think about it, I have a lot of problems. Which <laughs> that's, is a good, that's a good bedrock. <laughs> and I, 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 uh, I, I think, like, that ties into, like, you know, LeBron kind of coming out and being like, you know, I got vaccinated, but, like, I wasn't too sure about it. And, like, if other people want to do their mm. own research, sure. Like, that's bad. That's bad than just getting it and shutting up about it. I feel like I if you if you're gonna come out in support of the vaccine, you have to be really in. You have to really support it. You have to be like, no, you definitely should go get it. I can't understand why you would want to do your own research, um, because then it kind of it creates an area for you know to excuse uh, anti vaxxers.
3: Yeah, I think that um I think though um you brought up Stephen A last week or whenever and you yeah. said yeah that he was hesitant. And I think that at the time I agreed with you, but in retrospect, we don't know the daily life of an American, nor Mm. do we know the daily life of a black person in America. And I think the most important thing is he isn't talking to us. He's talking to unvaccinated people. He's Mm. saying, I was in that position. Um, I was hesitant. Um, And now I got it. He's not talking to people that are vaccinated and people that are pro-vax. He's talking to people that are anti-vax. No, that's a good point, actually.
1: Yeah, they also saw 650 million, uh, thousand people die. Not million. Wow, imagine million.
3: Well, it's closer to that's a million. That's the real
1: pandemic. <laughs> um, they watched 650,000 people die and they were like, I just don't know if this is the way out. Yeah. It's like, you, you don't know, Brad, listen, you're actually dumb.
2: <laughs> yeah, Sorry. yeah, that's a good point. Like, yeah, okay, put yourself in American shoes don't know what they're thinking on the other hand the moment you put yourself in an American's shoes you go oh my god coronavirus is so deadly which, yeah, we, which which we haven't had here yeah. you know like i can the, count I, the go on, go on. gone well you know i can count the number of people i know who've got it on well probably two hands now um <laughs> but yeah probably there, woo, it's like probably
3: every- <laughs> probably woo hands now
1: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
2: sorry Alexa, you were saying <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, they they just like have killed so many people, and it's like you you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, what what's the hesitancy? Yeah, what's yeah. It, it's, it's unproven. Well, no, it's not. It's very proven. Mm. Mm. It's yeah. extremely well, proven. What's the long term risk? Okay, the long term risk might be X, Y, and Z. Well, what's the long term mm-hmm.
2: risk of COVID? Yeah, we know exactly it wor- what is it is. Is it, is, it,
1: is, it, is it better or worse? Is twenty years now, twenty years from now, vaccine risk versus COVID risk? You, if you want to take a punt on the virus rather than a punt on the medicine,
2: good luck to you. <laughs> and I, I say that with no respect, due. <laughs> well, and, um, you know, the biggest holdout, Andrew Wiggins got the jab yesterday. So, something's working. Yeah.
1: It turns um, out religious uh... exemption is not an exemption. <laughs> yeah.
2: He couldn't decide which religion he was, so. <laughs>
1: Uh,
3: well, speaking of Brad, I feel like this will be a good season to see if, uh, Brad is a superstar or he'll fall into that, uh, Vucevic with the magic tier, which is like, you know, good stats, bad team guy. Um, and something I've taken away from these media days is that I think, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is already my favorite wizard. Um, also the move weirdly feels like it's about me. Like Dinwiddie was one of my favorite players since he got, since he came into the league and now he's just on my team. And it's like, awesome. Awesome. And at what price we also got to get rid of Russell Westbrook. I know they weren't, you know, uh, the same deal, but it's the same position. Um, And the way he's been answering questions, there was this one time where he was like a player, a younger player came up to him and he was like, do you want me to set the screen this way or this way? And he was like, and it was the first, it was, the first time in my career, I felt empowered. And I was like, what the fuck? You're an NBA player. You're not supposed to answer questions like that. Or maybe not an NBA player, you're a sports person. You're supposed to answer questions so eloquently. And then he also said, he highlighted Kuzma's defense. And I was like, okay, I'm in, I'm all
2: in. If you're <laughs> gonna highlight
3: Kuzma's defense, we're gonna highlight Kuzma's
2: defense. <laughs> oh man, I like he is sounding like more and more of an idiot. <laughs> 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 no, this is Dinwiddie, not Beal. Oh shit, oh yeah, you're talking about Dinwiddie. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah.
1: No, if it's Dinwiddie, it's cuz he's been spending too much time with Beal. So it's yeah. like... <laughs> yeah.
2: Beale's What the point stands,
1: Marco. The point stands. <laughs> oh,
2: um, yeah. I thought you were talking about Beal, but yeah, now now that you're talking about Dinwiddie, I have a lot more faith in the words that you just said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so like he's feeling like more of a leader, more of like an established player in Washington than anywhere else.
3: Yeah. Um, and he brought up all this stuff. Like the last time he was healthy, he averaged 20 points a game. Mm. And he was in two of the top three lob partnerships in the NBA. One of them was better than Harden and Capella, which was him and... Oh, fuck. I can't remember. But the Jared two Allen? combinations. Yeah, it was the combinations were Jarrett Ar- Jared Allen and um, DeAndre Jordan. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I feel like Daniel Gafford's a much better lob finisher than both of those guys. Mm, Maybe it's definitely. neck and neck with Jarrett Allen. But Alan's pretty good. Yeah. But I'm so excited for this season. I mean, you can read about it on the deep two. You can also read about on the deep two. Oh, this is something I wanted to introduce you with the less, but (laughs) your ability to (laughs) lose all hope within one sentence of talking about the kings is just the funniest (laughs) fucking thing every single time it gets me. The
1: trick Um, is to never have the hope.
3: (laughs) <laughs> There's no hope to lose if you don't have the hope.
1: Exactly. <laughs> that, that gif. Well, Has man. anyone watched Ted Lasso? No, I nah. haven't actually. They fought, he, he, spoilers, he coaches a shit team mm. and they mm. speak to the fans and the fans are always like, don't get hopeful, it's the hope that kills you. And it's like, wow, that speaks to me on a very, very, very <laughs> deep level for this comedic television show.
2: <laughs> well, Aless, why don't you give us an example of one of those hope-killing sentences about the Kings? <laughs> 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 I'll give you a hopeful sentence. We yeah. didn't pay Rashawn Holmes twenty million
1: dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We paid Is him less than was... we paid him less than fifteen. How much did you pay Tristan Thompson? He's on the back end of that Celtics deal. So it's
3: um Ten. was it eight? Oh it was that the was that um I was that um mid level? It was
1: the it was the two for two for nineteen, 15, two for sixteen, something like that. Was it the mid level? I don't, I'm not sure. It was they signed it okay. in Boston last year, so okay, okay. we didn't, We haven't. Paid, we haven't like signed him to anything, mm. right? Um, okay. But uh hopeless. I don't know to to sign a starting center um, who is the linchpin of the 30th ranked defense. <laughs> um, and stats say that he was one of our better defenders, which is like very bad. <laughs> that's like a very bad, it's a very bad stat to read um and then we backed him up with Alex Len who's a shocking defender and Tristan Thompson who I'm not sure is a shocking defender but he's well and truly washed yeah. so um we have shocking wing wing depth <laughs> we don't really have a power forward if you just look at like a like a four sized human mm. um Bagley's like bad at it um, Barnes is good at it in like the small ball sense, but not yeah. in the like traditional sense. And then mm. when you talk about small ball versus traditional, we don't have the we don't have the assets to play small ball. Assets being as in like human beings. We don't have the like <laughs> ability to do so. And so him being a small ball four like doesn't matter because it's not gonna happen. And then in the situation where this is the one thing I want to watch, and I and I <coughs> hope to God it works, but I very much think it's gonna fail. The lineup is Davion Mitchell, Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox. That's six foot six, four six five, mm-hmm. and then Barnes is six eight and Holmes is six ten. That's like going to that. be our that's our best lineup, mm. and it's going to get torched. It's going to get <laughs> absolutely torched. Mitchell is that- Mitchell's too small, so he can defend the guards, but then his whole point is to defend people that are bigger than him. But because Fox and Halliburton can't do it, like they can't mm-hmm. defend threes and fours, Mitchell has to do it. And he's like three inches shorter than Marcus Smart. And, you know, he's unproven technically. Yep. Like, you know, he's good. Like, obviously, he's got good defensive highlights and ability. But the difference between 6'3 and 6' flat um, mm. and the muscle that Smart has and the muscle that Mitchell doesn't have yet mm. is probably quite large. And then, like the team was already shit defensively anyway. And I don't think mm. that this one six foot guy that you're bringing in and you're, you're trading him for someone who's probably six, seven into a lineup. Like, I'm not sure how successful that's going to be on either end.
3: Yeah. Is, is Halley the six, five
1: guy in that three guard lineup? I think so. I think he's a little bit taller than Fox.
3: Cause I can imagine, I can imagine Halley as like a, as a three. Um, it'd be more help, like an inch, even an inch more would help. Or two. He's yeah. not big. But, he's
1: not, he's not like, Everyone's everyone's tall enough to be a three now. Mm. You don't have to be yeah, like six yeah. eight to be a three. You can be six five, but no one we have is big enough to be the three.
0: none of our good players. Because
1: like Mo Harkless, whatever. Um, mm. met Chemezi, Metu, the Nigerian um who played for I can't remember. We mm. got him in a trade. Might have been the Magic. The Spurs. No, nah, it wasn't the Spurs. Was it? Um, I don't think it matters.
3: <laughs> it was, it was the it really does it doesn't. He meant
1: to. This is yeah. Well, that's and that's the whole thing. It's like all right. Well, you're both six seven, but you're both shit.
2: Yeah. Mm. So
1: um, it, it's a it's a real like tough cinch.
2: That mm. that lineup um, you're describing, like I love that as a closing lineup. But you're you're so right. You just need one capable wing who can start games and play twenty five <laughs> minutes for you at the three. Because yeah, that. Um, you know, playing those three guards—it's kind of like the CP3, uh, Schroeder, um, uh, Shea—you know, dead, yeah. quote unquote death lineup in that OKC season. Mm. Which is like, okay, I mean, if you can if you can be the um, eighth seed in the West, that's a huge win for you, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, you you just you just need a wing to actually start and play considerable minutes for you in games because you—that's it's just not feasible. To play a f- full forty-eight minutes with uh, plays that size at those three positions, yeah. Mm.
1: Ba- Barnes is the three, right? Like yeah. Barnes is that guy. But that's he- assuming that Bagley can dribble a basketball, and like mm. I can guarantee you, he can't. <laughs> yeah. I
2: can guarantee. <laughs> yeah.
1: you. I I was in a fantasy league last year with my with my cousin and some of his friends, and they're like, "You really like you really don't like that." He's so good on my fantasy team. It's like sixteen and eight on a fantasy roster. Looks fantastic. Watch a Kings game.
2: <laughs> mm.
3: watch one I think I think that's that was like kind of one of the issues that like one of my one of the reasons I don't like fantasy sports is because it's like it, it's so not it ruined the way I watch sports because it's like oh well he still did this for my fantasy team or they still did this for my fantasy team um because yeah it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't being good at basketball doesn't translate to being good in fantasy and I think that's, that was just an annoying thing for me because it was like I, this is this is None of this is fun. None of this mm. is fun to me. Yeah, but I, I fucking I value that 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 backdoor cut or that switch or that like that that called out rotation or something more than I value you know my fantasy team winning a pretend sport.
2: Yeah, you know, like imagine how if your real team had Hassan Whiteside and Andre Drummond at the four and the five, <laughs> not great, but your fantasy team having those two, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're you're good for eighteen and ten and two blocks a game.
1: Yeah. Mm. And this isn't even a fantasy comment now, it's just a stats comment, but it's like Whiteside was second in the league in blocks when he played for the Kings last mm. year or two seasons ago. It's all a yeah. blur, honestly. <laughs> um It was two point <laughs> six blocks or whatever.
2: Mm.
1: But like we had the 30th ranked defense and he was mm. one of the worst defensive centres in the league. Mm. Mm. Yeah. He's got long arms, but the guy can't move. And so no. like two people a game threw the ball into his hand incidentally like i don't think he did anything to to stop it they just sort of like he was there and the ball just ended up hitting him yeah yeah he's so just, he's you replace just, that with Holmes, and, and Holmes is like he shuffles his feet and he can move yeah. around whatever and it's like all right but now he's next to bagley who can't do any of those things all right you take bagley off and now barnes is playing up a position against someone who's probably still better than him and They'll take advantage of each other. Like, you know, Barnes is a good offensive player and an average defensive player, and then yeah. the other person will be the same. And so they're just scoring on each other. And then Halburn's too small. Fox isn't proven defensively, despite having all of the tools available to him, um, which is quite frustrating because, like, I love him to death. But it's just like, for the love of God, be a better defender. Like, seriously. Mm. That or get a three-point shot. Like, mm. an effective one. Because it unlocks... So much for the rest of the team. If he either hits a three or defends, <laughs> can stay in front of the person that he's guarding, which is crazy because he's, I think, genuinely the fastest player in the league. From definitely got a one, case one out. end to the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
2: like, guys, <laughs> <please> help. <laughs> but let's look at the positives. Let's look at the positives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that home steal is honestly so good, and you so easily could have. It just felt like it was already preordained that you were going to pay him so much more than that. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. it's nice that you didn't. You 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 know you drafted well and semi-appropriately. Um, I, I I like to think you're not going backwards this off season. And you know, f- for you that might be a huge step.
1: I dis I disagree.
2: You disagree <laughs> from
1: from last off season to this off season. Right. Okay. I think it's backwards. Well. And
2: I think the that's only a
1: fair point. The, the only good thing, like, all right, let's Holmes deal aside. The only good thing we did in in the last how long since the last game of basketball? Three months. Mm. Yeah, let's say that. All we all we did was draft the guy that fell to us at nine. That's yeah. all we did. <laughs> You're from and the Sean he, Carroll and He school might not drafting. even fit. He might not even fit. He he like he will. Can be I good. ask you something? What
3: do you mean might not even fit? I just want to know. I want to. I want to. I want to get. I want to get through that idea.
1: Well, if Halliburton and Fox are both better than Mitchell, Mitchell peaks as a twenty-five minute a game, maybe thirty minutes sixth man. But to get those thirty minutes, he needs to play with Fox and Halliburton, or Fox mm. or Halliburton, and then close with both. Yeah, but okay. going off the, going off the situation we had before, that's probably not going to work.
2: Yeah,
3: I think yeah. at this point in the Sacramento Kings franchise history, I think you got to look at everyone as potentially being the problem, and I don't think that you should worry about Davion Mitchell not fitting or fitting. Just but, get the best guys, and then yeah. you know the Aaron Fox might not be might not be all. I, I'm I'm in love with him as well, but he might not be all that. <laughs> like yeah. I feel like you got to look as, at everyone as potentially part of the problem. Yeah,
1: like I said to you, and like I wrote in that piece, the, the draft pick and Halliburton and Fox and Holmes are all high character. The issue is that the rest of the roster is littered with low characters. <laughs> so until those people get traded for less than what they were worth two seasons ago, because they're, because they're oh, shit God. Or, mal- or, or malcontents, like, you know, you can make as many high character picks as you want. It doesn't matter. Like yeah. Holmes, Holmes only got $55 million because he was a late- draft pick that bounced around the league and then he finally found a home and so he locked in as as much money as he could which is probably less money that he's worth right yeah the issue with that is he's never going to be what deandre Aiden was in last season's playoffs and Aiden's probably going to be better than that because he was the number one pick with pedigree and rah rah rah, rah and he's younger and blah 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 right so like you can get all these high-character guys, which are normally role players. The issue is your your team now just has role players, and you need three stars to win.
2: Mm. Yeah. So,
1: like, yeah, you know, um, the only team that can do it is the Spurs. And if you really like delve into it, they had three stars anyway.
3: Dude, they had four first-ballot Hall of Famers. Yeah. So at any given point,
1: <laughs> this whole like the conversation that I'm now like yeah that I'm having is like. But yeah, not even the role-playing teams, not even the te- the twelve deep teams, mm. they weren't just like it, the only one was like the Pistons in 0-4. and even then, it's like Hall of Fame defensive center, mm. rapist point guard. Uh, <laughs> you gotta you gotta have
2: one of those to ring. You, you
1: need the asterisks next to next yeah. to that uh, next to that point guard. But yeah. hey, that team was actually like a mishmash of just like player, but then all of them were good. Like how many good players mm. do we have? Four, five. Mm. I don't
2: know. Well, now I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why are you depressed, Marco? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I just had a, li- I just actually thought you guys had taken a little step forward um this offseason, but you you have the years and the years of uh <laughs> experience yeah. um, to to We won we
1: won we won thirty nine games. Mm made three free agent signings, which all ended up being shit. But like, let's take that, let's take the hindsight out. And it's like, you won 39 games, and made three free agent signings, which are supposed to be significant role players. All of them flopped and you went back to winning 31 games with a coach who's bad. Mm. You then had the opportunity to fire the coach and hire literally anyone else. Mm. That didn't happen. You had you the opportunity to skate. Yeah.
3: Oh my God. I just assumed
1: no, yeah, no. Well, we like weren't one of the. We weren't one of the eight teams hiring. And but we it, should have been the. We should have been the nine.
2: I mean, he's the most the second most successful coach in Kings history, right? So why wouldn't he hire? Fucking nuts. Yes, that's so nuts. He is. Who sent that stat to the chat? Was that Lucas? I thought it was, I thought it was you.
3: I was going to say Marco. <laughs> No, It
2: wasn't, it wasn't me. No We're doing the Spider-Man pointing meme. Yeah, yeah. Right
1: I remember. I remember reading it and being like, well. Now I'm sadder.
3: Wait, <laughs> Spider Man like the guy who dies at the end of Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah. You put but a that, trigger warning
3: that. on this episode. <laughs> There's so many, so many trigger warnings. Um yeah, that's a that's a that's a ridiculous stat. That should that should that should be enough to just move the team.
2: Mm. <laughs> for the
1: for the Patreon viewers, the stat is Luke Walton is the second winningest coach in King's history with a significant losing record. Mm. I think he's a touch above
3: forty percent. Yeah. <sighs> Less oh, than gosh. fifty. <laughs> this oh, this era in King's basketball is the second most successful ever.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you say when you say Kings to like a not not a um not a casual because they don't know who they are. But if you if you get the like <laughs> se- you get the semi casual who's like oh, I've been following it for a while and like I've I've listened to all the podcasts to talk about history. It's like you say the Kings and it's like oh the team that got beaten that that should have beaten the Lakers back in 01. It's like yeah that's the one thing, That's yeah. the one thing they did, mm. and maybe it should have been a championship, like that's fine but it wasn't. And the twenty two years following twenty one years following, mm. down the drain. <laughs> How old are you? 23.
3: <laughs>
2: Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh,
2: God. Yep. 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 That it's was a great. That was great. less. That was, that was honestly, it was, it was, it's like performance art watching you talk about the Kings. It's
1: just. Yeah. I, I remember I, I, on the first deep two podcast I went on, the boys were like, what trade would you want? And it's like Barnes for Haywood. Cause like we, we couldn't move any money. So it was, it was like, you have to go big contract for big contract. And it's like, Imagine if that went through, we'd be, we'd be worse than we are now. <laughs> Cause Heywood would, <laughs> Heywood would be injured. I guarantee oh you he God. would be more injured that, than he already is.
3: Was he at, um, was he pre or post leg break at that point? Maybe pre. Cause so then there's a case that he could be, mm. he could have been better. The butterfly. No, no, no. No, no. What I'm
1: saying is he would have been injured oh, for okay. longer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know how he's, you know, how he's already yeah. missed. He's yeah. already missed like 70% of the games that he's been available. He would have missed right, 80% right, right. or 90%. Or he just mm. would have broken one leg, come back, and then broken the other one. Yeah. Like and just you'd, would be, come
2: you'd be still paying his 40 million a year contract.
1: Correct. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But ba- look, Barnes is good. I actually like him. He's the one, he's yeah. the one thing where it's like, thumbs up. I'm actually totally fine with this. You overpaid yeah. the guy who... He got the he got the star contract of Dallas, never became the star, and so we gave him a almost equal contract. I think it was we was like a tiny bit less money. Yeah. It was 80, 80 something for four, 85 over 4 something like that. Um it's been a perfectly fine contract. Um
3: oldest guy on the Kings roster is born in 1991. Wow. Oldest guy on the Wizards is born 1992. We got some. We, at least we got some youth, <laughs> or less.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'll be honest. I'm pretty sick of youth. <laughs> I'm over it. Um, it's 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 hard. It's hard. Like following the young kid who's going to grow, and they don't grow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've just at this point, since following like following a lot since 2015, it's like I've I've had 50 children, and I'm disappointed in all of them. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that signature flair, and then I'm yeah. seeing my I'm seeing my nephew over there doing really well for himself, and I just want to you know I just yeah. want to bring him into the fold. Trade one That's of exactly my fifty right. kids for him.
1: That's exactly right.
2: <laughs> God That's well, Exactly right. You've been you've been busy in the sack. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of basket case franchises, and we have been speaking about them a little bit. <laughs> um, obviously, I feel like since the beginning of last season, there's already just been a litany of rumors about zion williamson being unhappy in new orleans my pelicans um uh, he's he's worked pretty hard to dispel them i feel he's always like yeah i love this city i love playing here blah 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 Mm. um there was that big article that came out a few weeks ago uh that just talked about how bad all the players relationships with david griffin was and media day uh you know he came out and said i don't think griff can even play the piano so that story isn't true (laughs) <laughs> um, which I thought was a pretty funny rebuttal. Um, and yeah, I think despite how sort of, I think he is, you know, he's happy go lucky guy. I don't think he's that sort of stir the pot, push for a trade sort of guy. Despite that, mm-hmm. it does really look like he could become one of the first, you know, superstar rookies to turn down the max extension, take the qualifying offer and try his, uh, try his worth, um, on the free agent market. Uh, so I just wanted to put the question out there you know, what do you think is going to happen with Zion in New Orleans and what needs to happen to the team for him to stay?
3: I'm taking this. Sorry, unless I know you're the guest, but I think the whole shit that's happened in New Orleans for the past few years is a bit fucking sus. The NBA's love child gets the, the two number one overall picks. The two times as a unanimous number one overall pick fucking give up on your bullshit. Okay. Th- this team, this city doesn't need this team and this team doesn't need this city. Relocate the fucking team. It's, it's actually bullshit. Um, poor Zion poor every kid poor Jackson Hayes you know what you got me sympathizing with Jackson Hayes <laughs> but just poor everyone that, that they they, they um, yeah I think I think that I think that the team needs to relocate I don't even think it's a Zion needs a new team I think it's this team
1: needs a new city mm. yeah I, I, think that, I, I think that's that I, I cannot stand with you on the
2: Jackson Hayes comment
3: <laughs> it was a stretch but that's where I am <laughs> no
2: jackson hayes belongs on a team like new orleans um yeah no you're so right it's it's not a city that's really behind its basketball team Mm. um i mean i don't think yeah and you're right just like no matter what they've tried nothing's nothing's stuck you know they lost chris paul the very next year they got anthony davis they fucked around with anthony (laughs) davis for seven years lost him the very next year they got zion williamson and yeah they're just doing the same thing and i think it's like it's just so obvious that you could very easily build a team around Zion in New Orleans that he'd be happy with, and just every offseason they haven't gone and done that. Like there are the types of there are the types of players who would play with him, who would make him better, and who would happily take, you know, maybe not the best money they can get to play alongside a superstar like him. But the franchise is fucking poison so no one wants to go and play there and so instead we end up with and you know don't get me wrong i'm, I'm very positive about the few moves we've made this offseason but you end up with Valanciunas, <laughs> Saturansky, Devonte graham yeah. these aren't the guys that you put around you know a generational talent um in order to build you know a, a contending team or even a team where he's happy even a team that finishes ninth um mm. so yeah unless you know unless, i think griffin's gonna go but the, I don't think the next general manager is really going to be able to attract the talent that mm. they need to, to have him stay in the city. And yeah, and then I think he's, I think he's going to do the unthinkable and take the qualifying offer. Mm.
1: What, one of the worst things that happened for your franchise was a failed JJ Redick experiment. Mm. Redick, Redick is very well liked and he's, I don't know, I guess his opinion is highly regarded. And he's like, I'm not going to go to a playoff team. I'm going to take a bit of money mm. and go play in New Orleans. Mm. And we're going to make the playoffs and whatever. And you suck. Yeah. You were so bad. <laughs> yeah. Zion was hurt half the year and whatever. But like Ingram hasn't lived up to anywhere near what he... Mm. He's, mm. he's also good. I'm not going to like... You know, whatever. He Your team is better than what I could want my team to be. But that being said, you should have expectations that I can't fathom having. And what comes with those expectations is winning basketball mm. games, and you didn't do it. Yeah. If if uh, David Griffin plays the piano like he manages assets, then I'm sure he's a very bad piano. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, you're completely right. Like I think back to the back to the beginning of Zion's first season, which was really the first year that I started following basketball. Um, and like, if you take out Zion being injured, you know that's unlucky. I'm not going to be one of those people. I'm never going to be one of those people who's like, oh, Zion's not going to be long in this league because of his injury history. the 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 cunt kind is of six foot six and you know just can do things that no other human being on the planet can do. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not in that camp. But anyway, if you go back to the beginning of that season and you look at our roster, like it was it was pretty stacked. We had we had Drew, we had JJ coming off the bench. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like we had Ingram in his breakout season. We had Alonzo playing pretty well as well and like in a very secure point uh point guard role mm. and then it just it just all completely fell apart like everyone had a really bad time playing for that team. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who was actually in in form and playing well either left or lost all of their form. Like I don't I don't think anyone who was a key part of that 28 uh 2019-20 team actually played well at all last year. Ingram was very average. Zion was the only Player who got any better and who actually played good basketball because of course he because of course he did like that's just the talent that he is so yeah I you, you're right I think you're right Lucas the franchise is completely broken. <laughs>
3: 2018 19 um you had Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis on the team and the 23rd ranked D so figure that out <laughs> and then the next season you did have that like oh sorry and you went 30 and you went 33 and 49 um and then the next season you went 30 and 42 um 19th ranked d and you know still a team with drew holiday and i feel like lonzo had a great defensive mm. season josh hart had a serviceable defensive se- not a good defensive season and um and uh brandon ingram had had just started had just went through his demise in that year, and he still only managed the 19th best d um I think you got to just swing. You got to use all these draft picks to, and take a swing. Mm. And you got to just put someone, put someone maybe, oh, I don't know if you'll, I don't know. I don't know. I can't project Zion this season, but maybe just get a, get a, get a guy that's on his tier, tier above. I don't know what Zion's tier is, um, but someone as good as him. Mm.
2: Yeah. Drew, Drew Holiday would look Drew, nice on this team. Drew Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yes um yes he does do
3: a lot of charity (laughs) work
1: (laughs) do you want to do you guys want to know where it all went wrong
3: yes yes i know know the
1: exact point i know the exact point (laughs) when it all went wrong they lost chris paul and then they lost the naming rights to hornets that was going back to charlotte Mm. so they called their team the pelicans
2: Mm. that's it yeah it's pretty bad <laughs> yeah. it's 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 the worst name in the league for sure god nah i, I i'm still i'm still behind it. you i still you like, like pelicans it. really you like yeah it? and i think i think there's another layer to it that's awesome is it i feel like
3: part of the reason they did it was the wingspan of anthony davis <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, to lose I mean,
1: to lose him too yeah but yeah <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> Um, and like hire a good coach I hope your coach I hope Willie
2: Green yeah. Willie Green I feel good about yeah. I, feel good I hope about he's Willie good Green. man Yeah I, I, think just, it, I think he will I know, be I
1: think he will be I know Lucas was pro SVG And I'm pretty sure Marco was anti I'm I'm definitely anti
2: I I mm. like. I was pro And then by the end needed, of the season I was anti Yeah I
3: yeah. was pro you At need, the start of the you, season And then at the end I was looking for reasons To be pro <laughs> yeah.
1: You need someone I would say Zion's this like New era new age basketball superstar and you picked the guy who built a team around Dwight mm. Howard, like a la 1980. Mm. He, Stan Van Gundy was new age in 2008 when he's like, let's take a yeah. big guy, but then put shooters around him. And I was like, all right, <laughs> yeah. sick.
2: No, those, right. Those, magic, yeah. those magic teams are the best 2008. three-pointing teams in the league. They yeah. Led, yeah. led the league in like percentage and attempts. Um, I think in like... Oh, we're in the top five in like three seasons in a row. You put them in like, you know, the 2015-16 NBA season, which is only mm. five years later. Um, and they're like the 23rd best three-pointing team in the league yeah. or something mm. like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and just stupid to put a guy like Stan in front of a team full of kids as well. Like, yeah. um, you know, who's just so old school is just going to be an absolute task- taskmaster on them when they're in literally their second season in the NBA. Um. yeah just doesn't work but on the other hand like Willie Green is obviously one of those coaches who's gonna develop with the players who's gonna yeah. play well with young players but we're like one season like before that doesn't matter before we actually need to have a functioning competitive team built around Zion like yeah. we, we, there's no real point waiting for this growth to happen we need to like you said uh, swing all our assets at someone or not even just one someone like just bring in some fucking experienced role players um who can yeah just put in put on a solid show around him that's the only thing that's going to keep him here like it's not developing uh you know kyra lewis jr into a, you know a, a, mm. a first class facilitator uh it's not Nikhil alexander walker becoming a 42 percent three point shooter like that's that's not what's going to keep him in the city i Your think first class oh, facilitator is zion yeah yeah Hundred <laughs> percent.
3: I think what um I don't know if you found this with the with the Pelicans, but what I found with the Wizards is where unsell Jr. is coming and just focused on culture building, and he and Tommy Shepard in all of their interviews when they talk about like, um I think there was this one Israeli reporter that kept asking how is Danny going to be used this this season, and then there are all these um different reporters being like hey, how many minutes is this guy going to get, how many minutes is this guy going to get like tossing up the minutes, all of their answers have been it's such a great position for us to be in all of these, all of these players have to earn their minutes and show us why we should, why we should be playing them. Mm. And yeah, I just love that. I love that. It feels like last season, we definitely had a coach that preferred one of the players uh, whose name rhymed with Russell Westbrook more than the others. And this season it feels like we have a coach that's just focusing on uh, culture building, Mm. which is what you have to do when you can't bring in LeBron or, you know, attract LeBron or attract KD. Um, Yeah. And so I was going to say, have you found that with
2: Willie Green? Yeah, no, I I think you're completely right. He's it's, he's uh, he's more philosophical in his approach. I mm. think is, is the immediate is the immediate takeaway. Um, mm. and but I just uh, I wanted I want to see like our full strength team in play before I can make yeah. any assessments of him because I think I think with the wizards you're you know obviously you're in a position where if Brad stays you know, you should, you're going to be competing for the playoffs. Like that's what you should be hoping for in the next year or two. Whereas with mm. us, but on the other hand, if you, know, if Bill goes, then you're, you're kind of, you're, you're thinking about building a more long-term culture with us. We just need to win with Zion in the next year or two, or, or yeah. we're going to lose him. And then it doesn't matter what culture you've built in the city. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what cult- it was culture the, it, you've built on this team.
1: It was the exact same with Davis and it didn't work yeah. because mm. they signed Ashik and like, they didn't sign anyone good enough. They didn't they didn't attract that talent. But now you've got these draft picks and it's like, all right, well, we're not gonna like we tried signing the talent, mm. it didn't work. Also, all the talent that's already has already signed, they're gone. The talent doesn't exist. Mm. We're trading for talent. Mm. Devontae Graham, Sadoransky, it's like, all right, well, you know what? He's gone. That's it. He's yeah. as good as gone. Like <laughs> yeah. he I I don't think that one of the questions was will he sign the qualifying. He'll sign the five-year, two hundred million dollar deal, and will swing a trade as soon as he possibly can swing. Do you a think? Trade? Yeah. You think so? You think that's how it'll go? He he. You sacrifice like a hundred million dollars. Mm. Yeah. You sacrifice. You sacrifice so much money, and it's like if I have to give up one year of my career to make to to guarantee a hundred mil, and then still go wherever anyway. The difference is like, and it goes back to the Brad Beal being like smart thing. The smart, smart like. Mm-hmm. Play is take the qualifying, sign as a free agent so that the team you're signing with has assets to move to make the team better. But instead, you're gonna take the hundred million, force that team to trade the assets, and then you're gonna have to win with less assets. Mm. Yeah. Um like it it worked out for Miami because they could just sign the big three. Yeah. Um, mm. or like the Warriors, they drafted them. The Bucks drafted theirs. Now Middleton Middleton wasn't a draft pick, but it was a second round trade. Like it's nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: like they they were built up or they, they didn't have to go that way. Whereas Zion's gonna force himself into a position where it's like the Lakers. Yeah. But the Lakers were lucky enough to sign LeBron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Le, Z, Zion's gonna go get traded to like, I don't know, Boston. And they're gonna give up Brown and three first round picks and four role players. And then it's going to be Tatum and Zion and whoever they can fill the roster with. And then it's like, why are we even bothering?
2: But that's another discussion. Yeah. Like, he'll, take,
1: he'll take the 200 mil. Yeah, he'll take right. The okay,
2: that's interesting. Because, yeah, I feel like everyone feels like he's going to be the first to take the qualifying offer. But hmm. I, I, I think your point stands. Yeah, I think it... But also this day and age, yeah, if you want to get traded, you can get traded. Like, it's not, um, you know we're we're seeing how we're seeing the ramifications of like the front office that would hold out the most to not trade someone aka Philly and like the player who wants to be traded the most Ben Simmons and like it's not great he's going to end up somewhere else at the end of the day yeah. so even, yeah. even the most reluctant and, and front office has, has to trade
1: yeah but more he's good at his job
2: yeah yeah <laughs> no
1: one no one you have will ever be good at their job no, like can we get more? I don't know who you're bringing in
2: next. Can we get it? Who are you bring? Can you get? Yeah, uh, trade the hound for, for more more <laughs> even, <damn it>. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Lucas. No, nah, it's all right.
3: Um, I just I feel like we should um switch over to our last little bit because I feel like yeah, we've been going yeah. for like an hour
2: ten. Yeah.
1: All right. I'll, I'll take the I'll take the reins here. <laughs> yeah. So it's been a very it's been a very sad episode on the JBG <laughs> Tribute Show. And it's been a very sad. Uh, however many years I've been following the Kings, 2011 maybe, mm-hmm. 2010, mm-hmm. whenever Tyreek Evans' rookie season was. I'm a very sad boy. Essence in a pretty average. They look, they're finally looking good. Newcastle in the EPL, they suck. They're going to get relegated. You heard it here first. Um, Fiorentina almost finished, almost got relegated from the Serie A last year. They're winning some games this year, but that remains to be seen. What I'm saying is, I want to follow a basketball team that is good at basketball and will continue to be good at basketball. Both of your WNBA teams are good, so I mm. need you two to pitch me on who I should join up with and follow their team with them. Mm. I'm,
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna use Lucas's words earlier on this pod against him. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna weaponize what he said earlier uh the storm mm, yeah cool interesting great great franchise but the, you know sue sue bird's about to be out of the picture so and and lucas himself he actually said this he's he's worried about where the playmaking is going to come from next season <laughs> where, whereas if you look at the aces i think we just have the most stacked we just have the most stacked roster in the league by far you know asia wilson uh you know, MVP caliber player. Liz Cambage, one of the funnest players of any sport to follow. Um, you know, for her personality and the way that she plays the game. Um and yeah, again, just like an elite game breaking player. The the Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum, uh, you know, on and off the bench guard combination is just one of the funnest things to watch. Kelsey Plum's become one of my favourite basketballers, like f- full stop. Um, you know, we've got we've got bloody Bill Lambier, the coaching god uh holding the reins and uh the owner who i can never remember the name of uh who has (laughs) the best bowl cut of all time (laughs) he might be one of the weirdest looking units on the planet and to top it all off we play at the michelob ultra arena so (laughs) oh no (laughs) that's a very good finishing point what else do i have to say yeah alessio do, do
3: you remember young days of playing basketball Dude. remember re- remember those young days remember that smell in the sky you would have gone to what Coburg stadium how often would you frequent? how often would you frequent Coburg stadium
1: uh minimum once a week
3: minimum once a week so a couple times a week sounds a lot like our prospective starting center ezzy Magbagor. it feels like you two have had very similar lives lives and why should they stop now just because she's in the uh, she, she's in another country thriving um, so yeah, you've got your you've got someone you've got someone who's a stone's throw away from you. You probably were at the same at the court, well at the courts with her at the same time multiple different times in your life. Yeah, um, absolutely. So why back her now? Second of all, Marco outlined how stacked the team is. Well, you want to just go, as a Kings fan, you want to just go jump ship to the most stacked team. Yes,
2: yes, he does. And
3: Marco also <laughs> Marco also brought up the fact that um, you know Sue Bird Sue Bird one of the ums. Uh, I don't know what this word means But stalwarts of the WNBA Um, uh, Yeah, where's the playmaking Going to come from next season Well, why don't we find out together (laughs) That's a fun storyline to follow Also, we've got Brianna Stewart Just one of the silkiest scorers I've ever seen Jewel Lloyd, who every time she scores They play Run the Jewels Um, And yeah, she's going to be fun to follow For the rest of her career Stephanie Talbot, more Aussie flavor um, did I mention Ez Magbigo? Uh, and much like, much unlike Essendon of the 2015 to 2020 range, this team is always going to go on a scoring run, and it's 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 the funnest part of the game, and it happens every single game. So what do you say? You want to don the green and gold? <laughs> uh,
1: I think that you won it for Marco when you said their team was more stuck. <laughs> I think when you were like, "Well, you're, you're gonna go to the most stacked team." Yep, that was the whole plan. That's, that's okay, absolutely baby. what I wanted to do. Yeah, let's go, Aces. Fuck yes. Fuck. Following, <laughs> following as of the start of next season. Can oh me. yes,
2: yes. But they're playing right now. Yeah, yeah. You can. Yeah, well, actually, no. that's another. I'm just, that's another. You know, point in my column. You could you can watch the Las Vegas Aces play later this week. I don't know the next time the Seattle okay. Storm are going to play.
3: Alessio, I can promise you one thing: the Seattle Storm will not lose another basketball game this year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't. When does their season I can't start? To see that they, um, they, sque- they squeeze it into the the off like I think it's it into the NBA off season. March to uh,
2: October, I'm pretty
3: sure, mm. or April to October. Uh,
2: it was May to October this year, but it might have been a bit tightened or COVID. Um, yeah. Ah, oh, well, here's your problem. There isn't even a Wikipedia page for next season yet, so it says a lot, doesn't it? Um, but but yeah, it, it, it starts during the playoffs or like at the end, towards the end of the NBA season. Um,
1: mm. it, NBA, end of the NBA season is July, June, July.
2: Yeah. Mm. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, so, true. God, so, yeah. so much basketball. What's the deal with it's that? Your, it's, your, it's your first season, Marco. Welcome. I know, I know. Pr- happy to be here. <laughs> true. Your first
3: 82. And then next week, the St. Lakers will be celebrating their one-year anniversary.
2: Fucking Still hell. fucking nuts. Nuts. Crazy <laughs> shit. Oh, and then what? Will it be a week after that, we'll be celebrating our one-year anniversary?
3: Yes, and my 24th anniversary. Wow, 24. That's weird. Just... <laughs> that's mid-20s. <mid-twenties. laughs>
2: the anniversary is You have the mind of a child. <laughs> um, it, yeah, tw- 20 to
1: 23 is early 20s. 24 to 27 is mid and then twenty eight and up. It's your
3: thirties
2: already, late. for sure. Oh. Well,
1: twenty seven is twenty seven late. Mm, uh, twenty four to twenty six is late. Yeah,
3: I think twenty four yeah. to twenty six is late. But we do have to do the COVID adjustment, where we just add two years on to where, however <laughs> old we were, that's however old we are coming out of COVID, because we didn't get to experience those years. <laughs> yeah. So
1: yes. Although I would strongly argue, I would strongly argue that half the population has matured faster than they were supposed to, and the other half has done the opposite. They've gone backwards. Right. Right. Maybe not half the population. Maybe twenty-five percent. Whatever a silent majority is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think it's twenty-five percent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. A- uh-huh. Anything else? Anything else to add before we uh, wrap this wrap this shindig up? This ah, I didn't even get to say Beel Spiel on air. Oh damn! I didn't get to make a joke that I can save for another time on air. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Re-listen to the start of the episode for the beer
2: spiel. <laughs> thank
1: you for thank you for having me. This was a lot of oh, fun. Thanks far. for coming
2: on. This is a blast. much much overdue pleasure. That zoomed by, by the way. That
3: went so yeah, quick.
2: Yeah, I c- can't believe that we're at uh, <laughs> whatever time we're at. <laughs> much like the deep 2com that was easy <laughs> yeah it's really easy. <laughs> that easy that was the joke raid, i wanted to make <laughs> read our pieces on the deep two mm, mm, yeah mm. i've i'm actually a- and fucking get in marco's dms to get him to write I, this man should be writing i'm writing one i'm writing one i'm I, i'm okay i'm writing i'm writing a pelicans preview but it's <laughs> tailored around the discussion that we just had about Zion. So, hey, maybe that was mm. maybe that was just a little sneak preview of what you can uh, read in a future <laughs> article at thedeep2.com. Oh. And you, if you want to know why I was so, like, you know, laid back and nonchalant in the, this episode, it's maybe because I was wearing my, my Deep 2 hoodie, which you can also... Uh, actually, I don't think you can purchase it at thedeep2.com, can you? <laughs> it's not that easy. It's not that
1: easy. <laughs> they really... They, they made it as hard as they possibly could. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right cool guys cool thanks again aless
1: thanks
3: fellas ciao as they say in the tiley
2: you've been listening to an episode of the jeff van gundy nba tribute show hosted by lucas Patridis and marco holden jeffrey if you like what you're hearing don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review you can also follow us on instagram at jbg tribute show and twitter at JVGNBA. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next one.